Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. Hey, what's going on there again, once again, in T-Bomb land. Uh, Joe, happy, happy 25th show. Uh, well, technically 26, right? Because we did that one season ending show that we talked a little bit about what, you know, what we're going to be doing in the upcoming season and so on and so forth. But, but this is actually our 25th show. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to wish you a happy anniversary, I guess. <laughs> yep. See, season two, we hit the ground running. Yeah. You know, uh, we started off with two very uh, informational shows and followed by a great interview with the Miss Gina Bria yes. of the HydrationFoundation.org. Uh, but today's show, as promised last week, is going to be one of those shoulders up ones where we talk more about the mental approach to being the best you, more specifically, incidental emotions. So with that, I believe you have a little piece of the past to talk about as it would relate to incidental emotions, right? Well, you know what? I guess I guess I'm going to be reaching here, but you know I like to go back uh, and relive my childhood all over again. So I'm going to jump back to the very late '70s, right into the early '80s, and and I, in my own mind, feel like I tied it right in with today's show. Uh, so let's go down memory lane. And sure. uh, uh, yeah, I figured since we are talking about emotions today and how they influence decision making, just like we did. Several weeks ago in week one, when we talked about integral emotion. Well, season, uh, season one. Yeah, season one. Season one. Yeah. Uh, how about we go back to, uh, <clears throat> as I lose my voice, this is a normal thing. Uh, late 1979, maybe into early 1980, actually, and, and bring the, the stones into the mix in our opening segment. Yes, folks, I'm not talking about rocks. I'm talking about the rock and roll group, the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger and the boys, right? Now, I'm sorry, but, but I can get in a mood at times and listen to the Stones all day. Uh, it's not all the time, but sometimes I just I can do that. But let's stick with one particular song today, okay? And that song is Emotional Rescue. See where I'm going with that? See how I tied it in? Uh, I think it's fitting for today's show, being rescued emotionally. In the case of this song, a brilliant piece in my mind for sure, a young lady is confronted by a new man who wants to save her from making rash decisions after coming out of a bad relationship with presumably her ex-boyfriend. The new guy wants to help her out, make sure she doesn't make any irrational decisions based on how she is feeling due to her previous heartbreak. Basically, he's conducting his own study on incidental emotions. Joe, I'm afraid to ask, but true or false? <laughs> okay, so... As always, I always give a little bit of input whenever you, uh, uh, you know, when we do these things, when we go back into the 80s and yeah. and and talk about, uh, you know, things from our childhood. But I got to tell you, I listened to the song and actually it was the first time I had heard it. Um, I listened to it. Yeah. I've, I If I did hear it before, well, what I'm about to say will explain why I would not remember it. Um, so I listened to the song and I actually read the lyrics. I looked it up on YouTube and, and I wanted to see. And I got to tell you, at the end of the day, nope. After the end of the first sentence, I am not a fan. <laughs> um, oh, and, and, and I know that there are huge stones, you know, there's a huge following. And I completely recognize their milestones and remarkable history. Okay, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've never been a big fan of them. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, aside from the regulars, right? Can't always um, can't always get what you want. Start yeah. uh, paint it black. I mean, these are you know the, those are some of the some of the, everybody's favorites. Okay, uh, but aside from that, I, I just I, I've never been a huge fan. Okay, so with that said, if in fact that's what the song is about, which you would explain, then yes, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm being totally honest, I heard the first few words and just shut it off. <laughs> And it wasn't even the words. It was his voice in that song. It wasn't even the typical Mick Jagger voice that I'm used to. Again, I I, I said, you know, paint it black and start me up. No, this was a very high pitch kind of, I don't know. It just, uh, it, it irked me more than anything. And I had to shut it off. And so that was it. I just completely hated the song as, as it were. Um, but anyways, that's my two cents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving up, moving hey, on. <laughs> sometimes you disappoint me uh but i i get over it and i move on can i tell uh, you that they disappointed me with that song I'm just well saying. i don't even know how that's one that's an <laughs> iconic song uh and how in the world do i mean that was the beginning of mtv that was when they were one of the they were one of the groups that came on and a lot of the 80s kids thought wow this new group is great and i'm like this new group's been around for like 14 years already yeah, that's 15. back in yeah back in the day when mtv played music you know, yeah, well, yeah. For those of you who don't know what that is, music television, it's not that anymore. But um, our generation got the chance to experience the greatness of MTV as opposed to whatever whatever we want to call it today. I don't even know what that is. But, you know, nonetheless, nonetheless, emotional rescue, I think, ties into incidental emotion. And what we're the topic is today, basically, you know, what we're going to talk about. No, I, and like I said, I completely agree because obviously he's he, uh, uh, the gentleman, as you were saying, uh, uh, wants to make sure that she's not going to make any decisions based on her last relationship. Right. You know, like right. hold something against him based on something that happened in her past relationship. But, incidentally. So that, and yeah, there you go. Incidentally, right. And that makes right. sense. Yeah. So season one, and we, we just briefly mentioned that in the introduction, we, we, we set the tone here, okay? We, we did indeed do a show talking about the best you if you have not listened to that show the best you we encourage you after you listen to this one to go back and take that show in because it ties right into this show uh fantastic stuff ironically and i'll admit not planned it was that episode episode five actually of season one Mm -hmm. uh this just happens to be episode five of season two it was not planned but go figure Okay. Uh, personally, if you haven't listened, like I said, folks, I strongly suggest this is the journey we talk about. Following the journey always is good stuff because we always mention stuff from previous shows and upcoming shows that you're going to hear. And therefore, it kind of makes more sense to you when you're listening to it. So uh, I think about going back there, okay, and listening to it. But we hold true to our words here. We said we would be coming back to a 45 page study time and time again on T-Bomb land. And today we will do just that. It's the same 45 page study that we talked about in season one, episode five, when we talked about integral emotion. Yeah. Actually, Tony, what I'll do is I'll put a link to both the 45 page paper that we talked about, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as a link right to season one, episode five in the description to this episode. I mean, they can always look it up, but just to make things easier for anyone who might be interested. And that's why we have, that's one of the reasons why, as I lose my voice again, I don't know what that's all about at age 51. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, nonetheless, uh, that's one of the big reasons why you're here, right? Not only because you're a fantastic host, but you're also an, uh, you know, a fantastic technical advisor. And you recognize the importance of 
making it easier on our listeners. So we appreciate that. We all do. Um, if you can remember, all right, with that paper, ladies and gentlemen, there were four graduate students from different universities that put that study together with a time constraint on that particular piece. And it was entitled Emotion and Decision-Making. Uh, it was published, as we said in season one, in the Annual Review of Psychology. We stuck in that episode, all right, we stuck in that episode to make decisions based on that concept of the integral emotion of fear. One of eight themes discussed in this 45-page study. As I said, going and listening to that show as well would be extremely beneficial, but in a nutshell, we covered how fear detours our decision-making process and hinders us from making the best decision for success when taking on any endeavor. So today, we move from that theme to another theme discussed in that 45-page paper, incidental emotions, not integral, incidental emotions and their role in our decision-making process. Now, researchers who have studied this extensively have found out plenty when it comes to this decision-making process when based on these types of emotions. So what are incidental emotions first and foremost? I think that's probably a question that we're asking ourselves. What are these emotions? Well, the best way to do this is to give everyone an example, or should I say uh, an example situation here, Joe. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I have the perfect one, right. the very perfect one. And you were actually one of the test subjects in it because it actually happened not that long ago. <laughs> so, folks, Joe has kitchen cabinets just like just like we all do. Well, I, I like to think everyone has kitchen cabinets that's listening to this show. And, and so I'm going to assume, and maybe I shouldn't do that because we know how we break down the word assume and what that means. <laughs> but I'm going to assume that everyone has kitchen cabinets. Joe has kitchen cabinets. This, they, they decided they're not going to stay up on the wall one day. <laughs> right in the middle of us doing a show. We were doing a show not that long ago, and we were recording it. We weren't live. And as we were doing the show... Chaos broke out. I could hear my sister-in-law yelling in the background because we're not we're not in the same room together at this point. I'm I am about at this point I'm about ten miles away from where Joe's at. He's at his house recording in his little studio and his upstairs. And and as I'm on the phone with him and we're doing our thing, I hear my sister-in-law screaming. I hear chaos, and I hear Joe say, "I gotta go." And he goes racing down the stairs, and he doesn't come back. And I'm thinking. What just happened? Then I get a call back and his kitchen cabinets fell off the kitchen wall, the whole one side. And so you can imagine the chaos at this point is everything is falling and crashing to the floor. He's trying to hold the cabinets up. Everybody's running around. The dog's running around. And I'm racing from two towns over to get there to see what it is I'm going to have to do to help out put these cabinets back on the wall. And so in that moment, that show basically was completely a no-go. Um, we were a little bit irritated, right? Joe was very irritated because not only did the show go south on us while we were doing it, but even more importantly, 
he has his cabinets laying on the counter and a lot of dishes and glasses laying on the floor and little kids running around. And right now, there's an emotion going through Joe, which is probably anger. I don't know about sadness. It might have been there too. But anger was probably the main emotion. Now, in that moment, in that moment, okay, when that happened, seconds later, this didn't happen, but it could have. Seconds later, or should I say an hour later, while we're hanging the cabinet and sweeping up glass and, and trying to figure things out, if his youngest daughter, okay, his only daughter, <laughs> but his youngest child, came to him and said, Dad, I would like to know if you can give me $10 because I want to purchase tomorrow at school two books that I would like to read. Joe is involved in an emotion at this point based on the cabinets and what happened an hour ago. And in that moment, he may not be able to switch his thinking over to the next event that is happening, which is now his daughter purchasing books that she would like to have for school and reading class, something that she just wants for herself. And he may immediately blurt out, no, not right now. Don't bother me with that kind of stuff. Do you see what we have going on here? And it's not because he doesn't want Addison, my niece, to have these books, which may be very educational. He is still concentrated on the cabinets and therefore is making decisions based on what happened earlier, thus incidental emotions. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But but yeah. let's be more realistic. Those sure. were educational books. They were about unicorns. Uh, well, well, okay, so she's a unicorn fan, but, but to unicorns. her, very important but, though. Yeah. And we can even step it up a thing because uh, step it up a notch because if you think about it, let's let's even go. You know, if somebody were to have say a teenager, where they ask for a couple dollars for the next day, hey, you tell them no, and you know what the next question is. But why? Now, yeah. understand. Not only was this an issue with the cabinets, but for about. What, 25 minutes? I had to hold them up against the wall, was it, Tony? So that they didn't uh, fall all the way. I, I was like an ambulance on my way there. I, yeah, I, you I, know, I, so yeah. so I was, you know, and so you could see how it could go from bad to worse to worse to worse because especially you're dealing with a child who just cannot, they just know what they want. And they, I mean, let's face it, when they're at that age, you're just so selfish. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> just yeah they're, they're, so not, selfish. They're, they're still learning. I mean, she's, she's <laughs> so, definitely still learning. Right, of course. Um, so, you know, but you could definitely see how... Uh, you know, someone could could easily just out of a uh, out of pure anger, you know, give a decision or, or give an answer, yeah. uh, and and it, you know, really have nothing to do with what it is that they're asking for. Yeah, the, re- exactly. the reason for the answer has nothing to do with what they're asking for. Right, right, and and you know, and, and nonetheless, folks, uh, it's I'm very happy to announce the cabinets are now hung up back on the wall, and everything is back in place, and all is good again at joe's house so i mean um we're we're happy to announce that i know everybody was dying to know you know what what happened with the cabinets so but again there there's an example of incidental emotion you know so that that being said as we now have a vivid example of what was a real life decision making process and the direction it could have gone but didn't let's Mm -hmm. talk briefly about some studies and what they have found now i say briefly because we mean just that briefly There are many researchers that have found that incidental emotions can carry over in abundance from one situation to another. We see this pointed out several times in the 45-page study we are talking about again today. In that study, they point out so much research, selective selective reviews, if you will, that people can look at 
that gives proof of this concept being true. Perfect example pointed out in the 45-page study, and I quote, incidental anger triggered in one situation automatically elicits a motive to blame individuals in other situations, even though the targets of such anger have nothing to do with the source of the anger. And in so many cases, this particular emotion carries over many times without the individual even aware of what they are doing. So you're, <laughs> you're making decisions, right? And you're making a decision based on anger from another situation and you're taking it out on the next group. And we, it's not always anger. We're just using that as an example. Right. Uh, it, but you're taking it out on the next group. Not only do they not know why you're so upset and the decision you're making with them, but sometimes you, the individual themselves, don't know why you're making that decision the way you are. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you're right, too. It, it's I think anger is probably the, the easiest to relate to. Uh, but if you think about somebody who may be grieving, may you may find them to be extra loving in, in other ways just because of, you know, what they're going through in their own. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah. So so that's it, it could it could really um, I think it could really uh, uh uh, it just depends on what emotion the person is going through. What the situation is, yeah. Right, exactly. So, you know, but this does bring to mind uh, some of the days back when I was a deputy sheriff at our county courthouse. Mm -hmm. We have a judge here who is feared by many who have the privilege, his words, <laughs> of yeah. standing in front of him. Okay, so that yeah. gives you an idea of the mindset. Yeah. Uh, now, if any one of these defendants were to make him upset, and it wasn't hard. Uh, the next few would certainly pay the price. It sounds unfair, and it is to an extent, but I assure you he didn't give anyone the death penalty because someone wasn't dressed appropriately for court. But <laughs> okay. rest assured, his yeah. anger was more easily uh, roused as each person appeared before him with the wrong attitude or ridiculous attorney. Yeah. And make no mistake, deputies were not granted immunity from his wrath either. Uh, yeah, I I can personally attest to one one moment in time, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, but my point to all this is, is just that we automatically think, well, you know, we could see how this would pertain to parents, you know, or uh, parents for children. But now we're looking at somebody who has, you know, a, a certain amount of power to, 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 to wield. Right. Right. And so incidental emotions can prove dangerous when it's wielded with authority. Um, something I as a parent and spouse need to consider and pray over daily uh, before addressing my loved ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I, I, that, that struck a sore spot with me. I'm not going to lie. When you told mm -hmm. me about, you have the privilege and the honor to stand before me. I mean, yeah. boy, we're going, we're going a little too far there. I, I have the most utmost respect for the law and, 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 and for, uh, for a judge, your honor. And, and, and I always would answer the way I'm supposed to address the court if I was ever in that situation. But boy, I'll tell you, that would really have me biting my tongue because you're putting yourself way further above that. Uh, I will just, let's move on because that, that just struck a nerve on me when you said that that's what the individual says. Yeah. He, he, he has, he has quite the, uh, Quite the ego. Yeah, it's it's definitely. It, is he taller than five four? 
Oh, he is. He is. Okay. And he definitely has no, I mean, yeah, as far as that stuff I don't goes, know if he has Napoleon no reason. syndrome or, yeah. No, he mm. just really, he takes his job probably, maybe, I, I, I mean, do you say that? I mean, we're talking about a common pleas county judge here. So, yeah, yeah. There, it is a serious job. I, I can't, I mean, Absolutely. again, the man can literally take your life away from you. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but I don't know. It, it just, it seems like, uh, you know, you, you have to wonder how much I've always believed in letter of the law in spirit of the law. And I know we're getting way off base here. Yeah. But it's like this gentleman, uh, he has his own, he has yeah. his own, he has a third way that we yeah. don't know about. So. Well, we're not really <laughs> getting off. We're not really going that far off track because we, we were talking about this gentleman and the fact that he makes decisions sometimes based on, you yeah. know, the previous yeah. case. So that's, it's Certainly. an mental emotion. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, could be a problem, you know, down the road, uh, sure. or, you know, Whenever. Yeah. Now, so here was another thing pointed out in the study as we get right back on track. Uh, it caught my interest. The discussion of emotions and dividing them into positive and negative categories. So the research points out that emotions of the same power or the same element, so to speak, would produce similar results. So simply put, individuals who are in good moods when a decision-making process will indeed make you know, is there, they'll, they'll make more optimistic judgments as opposed to people in bad moods who in turn will make poor judgment or, you know, more pessimistic judgments, uh, should we say. Um, so, I mean, so understanding that, right? I mean, if you're in a good mood, if you're feeling optimistic about uh, a certain situation and then you're asked to make a decision, uh, a lot of times that decision is optimistic based on the simple fact that you're in a good mood or that things are going really well for you that day. I guess kind of like what you were saying about the judge, but you know, when things are going bad, um, the poor judgment is in place and everything is more pessimistic and the glass is half empty, so to speak. And so a lot of things are going on where, you know, that's not so good. And therefore this next decision I'm going to make, which has nothing to do with that is going to be a bad one. So, I mean, you know, that's one part of the study and they did a, it did a study, you know, another study pointed out in, in this paper, this 45-page paper, where they had groups of people read newspaper articles that were designed to produce a positive or a negative outcome. For example, articles about cancer or heart disease. Those who read positive stories about the outcomes, okay, so people who had a particular cancer or heart disease and were able to battle through it and come out on top and, and, and defeat the disease and, and find a lifestyle of health again and, and become healthy for long periods of time. People who read positive stories like that offered optimistic numbers on fatalities. So when you talk about the number of deaths in the United States from those two diseases, mm-hmm. when they were asked to guess, the numbers of fatalities were way lower than actual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, those who read negative stories and negative outcomes and, you know, unfortunate outcomes offered very pessimistic numbers on fatality, sometimes way past what what the numbers actually are on a yearly basis for the same diseases. Sure. Yeah. So although from what I understood, the mood was set based on which stories they read. In other words, the mood was influenced. Right. All judgments were affected by the mood itself. The mood itself affected all judgments. That's that's interesting. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so the mood was set by what was read in the manner that it was written. Yes. Basically, an author can set a mood by the information they're portraying. Bingo. So basically, if an author 
be it news media, social media, or so on, wants people to feel a certain way about their story, they can actually use specific facts to support their theory and in turn gain the outcome they've intended. Hmm. By the way, folks, I just did it to you there. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, um, I mean, Joe, that's wow. Gee, I wonder where you were going with that. And that's my sarcasm. Yes. Um, it's the exact same thing I thought. And ironically, that's going to be a show that we keep talking about that I can't wait for, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That is exactly right. The author can set a mood by the information they're portraying, regardless of who that author is. Yes, they can. And Just we're watching it, it yeah. daily. Oh, yes, we are. We definitely mm-hmm. are. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I was going there, but my 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 intention was to get what thought in everybody's brain. And, and no doubt they're thinking the exact same thing. Oh, right. well, he must be talking about it. And, and of course, right now, uh, and I'll date the show, so be it. Everything is no, novel corona virus, of course. Uh, and it may still be a year yeah. from now. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, nonetheless, you have to, you know, kind of take that into consideration. What are you reading? And, you know, I think that's probably one of the bigger problems is that we're seeing such numbers. Uh, for instance, how many people um, have it as opposed to how many have died from it? And then the realistic number, how many died with it or how many died from it? Yeah. That one word they could say with or from, and it just, it, it, it could change. you know what I mean? It could, it change, it could change the whole story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It could change the whole story. Yeah. So you have to wonder. Yeah. You have to wonder. And, and dare I quote the great late comedian, George Carlin, when he said, I like to do this moronic thing called thinking. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we just got to think, you know, we have to think we're allowed to think. And, and that's this that right there. Incidental emotions play a huge role in what's going on right now. They sure. really do. And so. by the way, I, I want to say this real quick. And just to show, I'm not just like, you know, a big conspiracy theorist here. Sure. Um, this is what authors do to set a mood in a book, too. I mean, right. it's the same thing. OK, yeah. so it's not all, you know, tragedy. It's not all, uh, again, conspiracy. But that is the whole I think that's sort of the whole idea, uh, again, when they're setting any mood for any story. So Sure. Yeah. And they're good at it. So, I mean, you know, because because I could tell you right now that uh, a handful of people just listened to us talk about this. And and now they're thinking to themselves, wait a minute. So, you know, they're thinking not not necessarily about today's current events, but a certain movie they just watched, a certain book they just read, a certain magazine article they just read. And Mm -hmm. they're tying things together. Uh, and, And again, folks, we are not child psychologists. We're not psychiatrists. We're giving you a research study. That was written, okay, by groups of people who are these, you know, hold these professions uh, and are coming out of college in with those degrees and a paper that they had to do in college and how they got together and put this paper together. And it's all about, okay, the brain and how it reacts to different emotions and different, you know, incidents, right? Mm -hmm. Thus, incidental emotion, integral emotion, and so on and so forth. But that being said, Joe, do you want to add anything else there before before we wrap it up today? Or no, no, I don't have anything else. You go ahead. Okay, all right. Well, finally, uh, and folks, listen. There, there's so much more if you look at that paper itself, which is why uh, I believe you did it the first time too, where you put it inside the description of the podcast. I did uh, I the did. 45 page study. Yes, uh, you know it, it is a great study, and you know, for those interested. 
you can read about uh, all of this when it comes to incidental emotions and integral emotions. And there's six other themes in that paper. We're going to cover all of them over, you know, a series of shows over several seasons here on Two Brothers, One Mike. But um, if you want, please, please download the, the link that he's putting in the description of the podcast. Check it out for yourself. Uh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to provide it again. So, but again, one last thing uh, today. There's a hypothesis, right? Educated guess. I believe it was developed in 2013 as I date the show. My sister always says, don't date the show. <laughs> um, and she is the expert when it comes to that. 25 years now in the news media. But um, uh, I'm not, so, so the reason why I'm telling you this is because if you listen to Two Brothers Mike, 10 years from now, you know when this hypothesis came out. Uh, 2013, and what it states is this. An individual who has a high level of emotional intelligence, they don't state what level that can be. They don't talk about you know what your IQ is or anything like that. They just simply categorized it, labeled it as high level of emotional intelligence, can correctly identify which events caused their emotional responses. So they can in turn weed out what the potential impact may be for their emotional responses to the next incident that occurs. In other words, they can adjust to or, or alter that impact accordingly. Remember earlier when I said sometimes the person who's making the decision, not only do the people that they're making the decision for understand why they're, why they're you know, making that decision, sometimes they don't even realize they're making the, you know, the decision based on an incident that happened right. earlier. Right. So a lot of times what this hypothesis has found out is that people with high emotional intelligence can figure out that they're doing that and it can help them to adjust their thinking towards the next incident. And so this way they can adjust or alter that impact accordingly on the decision they're going to make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in turn, it can create less anxiety on the risk estimates being taken during the decision-making process. And what I gathered from this, right? When you, when you realize how certain emotional responses are carried over into other decision-making processes, you know, which, which have nothing to do with the present situation, you can lessen the negative impact on that decision. An obvious skill many of us don't have, you know? So since, since then, they have been looking at how this concept plays out in private settings as opposed to public settings. And by now, I'm curious to know what they found out about that because I haven't seen any final results yet on this hypothesis. When it's a hypothesis, it's not finalized yet on what – it's an educated guess. And now they're experimenting and doing research to find out, is this true based on our research, right? I haven't seen anything yet to find out if indeed it is true. So my research journey will begin in the near future as far as looking for that info. You know, I got to tell you, this is something I think most people deal with on more of a regular basis than they even realize. Hmm. Uh, Basically, it's thinking before speaking or in some circumstances acting. I know I recognize this as one of my daily struggles, but have found it's better managed with both prayers and practice. It's like patience, right? Right. We don't get to say, uh, hey, God, give me patience. Give it to me now. (laughs) Uh, Rather, we ask for it and he gives us the opportunities to practice patience. So first we have to acknowledge that we're answering out of emotion and then take the moment to think through our response. And we have to do this again and again for as long as it takes to stick as a new behavioral habit, right? Yeah. 
Of course, you could try something else, such as a daily supplement of 5-HTP or maybe ashwagandha. It's the new thing now, ashwagandha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but that said, I don't know. Let's talk about next week's show. Well, well we kind of we'll did start, just now. Yeah. I know. Well, we're yeah. going to start to talk more and more about supplementation. Mostly, it's going to be general terms, but perhaps we'll tackle something a bit more specific. We'll see how it goes as we write the thing up. But uh, other than that, Tony, do you have anything else to? Yeah, you know, I want to add two things Um, real quick to today's show. uh, Folks, we're going to have two fantastic interviews and maybe even more in the near future dealing uh, with this type of stuff with the best you when we talk about this 45 page study. And the interview is going to be with Dr. Nicole Rentilla, who uh, is an experienced psychologist serving the Northeast Ohio area. Uh, she specializes in the assessment and treatment of depression, anxiety uh, across the lifespan, relationship issues, autism, family dynamics, uh, discipline and behavior modification. She's been doing it for quite some time now. She's a fantastic uh, individual who I've gotten to talk to many times and is excited about being on the show. And uh, so we're definitely going to have her on and we're going to talk all about incidental emotions and what her take is on it, a professional now, okay, and integral emotion and all the other things that go with this paper. So I'm really looking forward. I know Joe's looking forward to having her on in the very near future when we tie this show to those interviews. And then the last but not least, next week's show, supplementation. Uh, I get to announce this. We're also going to have an individual who is going to be on – when we talk about supplementation now, next week's show, Joe, is going to be just a generalized understanding and definition yeah. of what is supplementation from vitamins to protein drinks to energy drinks to uh, you know everything under the sun, creatine, you name it. That's what we're going to start talking about, right? And what is it supposed to be used for? And so we're going to be partnering with, I guess you could say, yeah. for these shows – and we're going to be partnering with a gentleman by the name of Ron, the pharmacist. And uh, Ronnie is going to be on, and I call him Ronnie affectionately because if you ever hear me talk about that group of friends that are like family to me, uh, this is one of them. Uh, we're talking since 1985. Uh, and so uh, a very um, uh, bright uh, individual, very intelligent, and really is going to bring some great information to those interviews when we talk about these shows when it comes to supplementation. And so we encourage you to follow Ron the Pharmacist every time he's on when we're talking about supplementation because he's going to bring a whole new dynamic to the show. Uh, I have so, a feeling he's going to bring some extra laughs too. I think he's going to bring yeah. some laughs. Yeah, I think probably. he's going to bring his personality. And if he brings yeah. any of the personality that I've known since we were 15 years old, I think he's going to be quite entertaining to listen to. And again, he, he knows when to make you laugh and he knows when to say, listen, this is what you need to understand about this right. particular supplement, this particular product, this particular vitamin. He's very good at what he does. He's been doing it for a long time. So uh, I'm hoping that everybody jumps on with Ron, the pharmacist, and we'll always let you know what he's going to be on. All right. Well, then, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. Finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning, 9 a.m., and that's Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. Hey, everybody out there, listen. Think before you make decisions. I know I have to work on it. I think we all do. Uh, Be good out there. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your life. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. I'm out.